G'day and welcome to the Head Shepherd Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ferguson, CEO here at NextGen Agri. I've worked in livestock research, farming and breeding for over 25 years. I've been very fortunate to see a lot of amazing places and meet a lot of wonderful people throughout that career. I'm reminded every day of just how awesome the livestock industry really is. It really is a great pleasure to bring you the stories and wisdom of people in the industry via the Head Shepherd Podcast. This podcast is supported by our good friends at Allflex and MSD Animal Health, who are guided by the one mission of the science of healthy and productive animals. With these two companies now combined, they have one of the widest product portfolios in Australasia with a comprehensive lineup from the Cooper's range of animal health products through to the ID and monitoring solutions that, that Allflex are famous for. The products are all backed up by their exceptional service, and we're thrilled to continue to have their support in bringing you this podcast each week. Well, we've made it to Season 7. Amazing to have come this far. If I could ask a couple of small favours before we get underway this week, if you could rate this podcast in the app that you're listening to it in, that would be fantastic. Also, if you know someone that you think would enjoy what we do here, please share the show links with them. Finally, if you are listening to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of Livestock Farming. We're setting up the Next Gen Agri Hub to be the home of Livestock Farming Conversations. Check it out at thehub.nextgenagri.com. Okay, it's time for this week's guest. Welcome back to Head Shepherd. Awesome this week to have Diane Almeida on. Welcome, Diane. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here at the Head Shepherd podcast. And it's uh, great. It's taken a while for me to get you locked into a, a time, so it's good to good to actually have you on the end of the line. And um, yeah, I probably should have introduced you as Sheep Nutter. That might have been people might know you better as the they might know on, yeah on, on, on social media as a Sheep Nutter. I think your story is going to be one that's going to be interesting to people. So we might just start with your background, obviously Brazil originally, and then um, somehow ended up in the North Island. Do you want to sort of take us through a bit of that journey and then we'll, and we'll explore it? Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm from Brazil originally, born and bred uh, close to Sao Paulo, uh, the largest city in Brazil, um, and from not from a farming background at all. My parents had a pub. Which is kind of farming in a way, isn't it? Related to farming in a way, uh, I say. And, and, and <laughs> through the beer, I was I was feeling a little bit <laughs> related to farming. But no, my, my parents had a pub. Um, yeah, so just grew up um, helping helping them out on um, there at the pub. And then I went to do animal science. Uh, I went to uni, did an animal science degree, and through that degree, I kind of got to know sheep, sheep farming, and I fell in love. That was from my second year, actually. Fell in love with with sheep farming and um and and the the, his, the rest is history. So I finished the university, start working for sheep breeders associations in Brazil, mainly DORPA breeders uh, from across the board, from uh, studs to commercial operations over there. And then uh, a friend of mine asked me, "Why don't you go overseas and you know try have some experience overseas?" And I laughed at her because going overseas is a big uh, it's a it's a massive kind of move, uh, especially if you, if you don't have much money, uh, you know, which was my case. It was always been, uh, and um, and you kind of like think, oh, this is crazy, and you know, then you start thinking about language, or you have to speak English, and English was has never been something I could uh, grasp. I mean, you kind of learn in school, but in Brazil, nobody actually speaks English that often. Like when you go to Germany, you know, there's a lot of people that can speak English. Uh, Brazilians are a bit lazy, you know, they just uh, get, yeah, they're just used to, you know, they, 
don't don't worry too much. And um, yeah, so so my friend said, "Oh, why don't you go?" And like, and she was, "Oh, you have to go, have to go, try, try," because she was overseas. She was in Germany at the time. And I said, "You know, okay, I'll try something." I didn't know anyone. That was back in two thousand and nine, two thousand and eight. And uh, there was no Facebook, Instagram, nothing of these things we know that it's so easy to to find people, right? Or today, so nowadays it's so easy. And I didn't have any of that. So I just went to the good old Google and uh, lucky we had Google back then. And I start looking for sheep breeders associations, New Zealand, Australia. And the reason I chose the two countries, because when you work with sheep anywhere in the world, everybody knows that the two best countries when it comes to sheep farming are New Zealand and Australia, the top, you know, the reference for for sheep farming um and so i start looking at um, just websites and then um going through the members you know those sheep breeders associations and members picked up the ones that had websites and looked up what they're up to and then i grab an email and then ask my friend to write a cool email like so people would believe that i could speak english <laughs> said oh you yeah, that's your idea no you're going to help me with that um you you're you right you know i, I wrote the, the email in portuguese and i passed on to her and she would just translate it into nice cool english and i added a few recommendation letters and stuff like that and i start firing emails out so first lot 300 odd emails and the second lot another 200 emails i still got them actually saved in my gmail account it's amazing it's like firing them up you know just firing depending obviously not the same thing uh, written for everybody but just depending on what i could find online about the the stud or or the farm and um, I got no replies for the first lot and then the second lot was about January 2009 and then I had a, a reply from one of them uh, of the people I contacted and this is a, a breeder up in the Hawke's Bay area and he said oh yeah, yeah that would be we'll be interested in in having you where well, we've we've hosted quite a few people from around the world through the wolfing program um, you know they come and they spend great time and then they have you know they learn a whole lot and stuff and and yeah no we can do that and then we carry on sort of chatting until I finally hop on a plane and and came over to New Zealand um, and arrived here on the 23rd of April 2009 and, and that's I was going to stay here for, for a very short time you don't need that I didn't need a, a, a specific visa to arrive in New Zealand as a visitors as a visitor so um, I didn't didn't have to Word too much about that, even though they did stop me at the airport because I was a you know looked dodgy <laughs> and um and <laughs> couldn't speak anything and and they're like, "Oh, I don't know about this girl here <laughs> coming from Brazil, you know God knows what she's gonna do here, and I was talking uh, and the way I expressed myself was like an internship internship internship, and internship is pretty much a work sort of an arrangement and and therefore they wanted me to have a work visa which I didn't have <laughs> so um so that was the problem at the start I didn't even know that but then we kind of they rang the the breeder and he explained what I was going to do I was just going to have a look around see what they're up to because I wanted to take that back to Brazil because I was working for the for the the Dorper Sheep Breeders Association said it would be great. I'll go there and have a look what people are up to and I try to bring back some of the ideas and concepts and or maybe find out the secret what makes New Zealand the top? What is about it? You know what? What? What do the farmers do here that make this this place amazing? You know, and, and what's the secret? What's the secret? That's the question everybody asks when I go over when I go back to Brazil, and that was the question back 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 then. So then he explained, and I got it, and I got it, finally got it through, and then I stayed for about a month, and then they extended a little bit for another two months, three months because I arrived in April. There was uh, not much. 
uh, stock work, uh, quite a bit of maintenance, firewood, as you know. <laughs> Some of you have been, you know, been like firewood and cleaning up and, you know, tidying up and doing some planting and stuff like that. So he said, oh, do you want to stay a little bit longer? You know, and then it stayed longer, longer, longer until about October when the lambing started. And then after that, he offered me a job. Then I applied for a proper uh, visa um, for that and stay there for five years and pretty much learned from scratch because I think I knew about sheep farming <laughs> when I came to New Zealand. Oh, and I got, no, no way. This is totally different. This, I had to delete everything I knew, just totally wipe out and start from scratch and uh, as well as learning English, as well as learning, you know, a bit of the culture and everything all at the same time. So, and, and, and being, you know, the whole loneliness is for Brazilians, you know, how hard, I mean, I don't know if, how many Brazilians, you know, but we're very social people, very party people, you know, every night and you just call a friend, go out, you know, you don't actually need to outcome, but you just get together, you know, talk and that sort of stuff. Uh, how's your day been? That sort of stuff. And suddenly I find myself in a bit of a remote place, you know, not many people around. Um, and the ones that were around there went quite uh, social and, um, uh, you know, and they're great people, very welcoming, but just um, just hard, you know, to get used to to that. And it was in the middle, you know, it was coming out winter, cold. I was wearing all my clothes that I brought at the same time. <laughs> I was so, <laughs> oh my god, this is <laughs> this is so cold. You're used to forty degrees, forty two degrees, and then suddenly the best you can have in a day was. 12 you know 15 and and I and yeah so I had to get used to that as well um yeah so that was my first my first few few probably my first six to eight months and then after that is when I started like I said okay Neil I have to make a decision do I go back uh because it's getting quite hard yeah. uh not the work the work is doable and you learn and I had the amazing people beside me um helping me out teaching me everything and I think the more I show them interest and and you know m- the more they liked it so so they were oh, oh I want to teach you this I want to show you that I'll, and I'll, I'll give you a dog and I'll show you how to work a dog and because that's another thing we don't have in Brazil you see and, and then I couldn't even blow the bloody whistle thing and then in the, oh you're going to learn that you know and that sort of stuff and then feeding out and tractor and fencing and god on my shearing dagging all that sort of stuff um so it, for a very short time six eight months and maybe that what kept me going because I had no time to think about anything else and remember we didn't have smartphones so I couldn't I was, you know, today you go overseas, you're instant in touch with your people, right? You just yeah. turn the Wi-Fi on or change the chip to a local number, boom, you know, you're, you're connected to your family, your friends, every everyone. Um, back then, um, I only rang my mother. I rang my mother once. She rang me She rang me only once. As soon as she saw the, the bill, she, ah! <laughs> never ringing you again. Uh, <laughs> you ring me when you <laughs> So, because they didn't have Skype, or okay, it was Skype a little bit in that time, and and they didn't have a computer at home, so I would ring them on a landline. Uh, and today, I just say to people, you get you get too easy today, man. You get WhatsApp and Facebook Mass, and you just see photos, video calls. No, we didn't have that. Um, so I think that kind of helped me focus and really keep focus and carry on. Um, and that's the thing in any as anything in life, you know you. It's never going to be 
too easy. And if it's too easy, you know, there's something wrong. You're not actually growing. Um, you know, you're not actually sort of, um, yeah, evolving or progressing. Um, so, so that was, that was my start here in New Zealand. Um, Hey everyone, my name is Catalina. I'm a two-time cancer survivor and a babe with a mobility aid. My name is Haley. I'm a PA with POTS and a water allergy. We are the hosts of the Doing It Disabled podcast. Haley and I are on a mission to create an honest dialogue about living with disability and chronic illness. We would like to open up our corner of the internet to both learn and teach about the lived experiences of the disabled community. Join us as we navigate this world that was not created with us in mind and watch how we do it disabled. Head on over to Spotify and check us out. Yeah, cool. And so, um, yeah, I imagine, yeah, I don't know, I can't even imagine going into, well, the opposite, go to Brazil and having no Portuguese and try and get my way around and having <laughs> having bluffed my way through the border that must be must have been a hell of a oh, they'll time love you. I, <laughs> they'll love you south americans love overseas they just love gringo gringo you will feel the love you will feel the love <laughs> we must go the um so obviously sometime after that you ended up at, was it Wairiri next or was there something in between that farm and Wairiri? Or? Yeah, Wairiri. So I've worked at this place for, for five years. Then I met my partner, Paul, uh, Paul Crick, and um, and Paul was living down in the Wadarapa in Masterton. He was at the time working for Taratahi Agriculture Centre. And we were together for about a year when I had the opportunity to move down to to. To what to the what it up, and that was when um, uh, I spoke. Um, well, I got to know Derek Daniel from Wariri, and uh, and that was a, an interesting story as well. How I, you know, how everything sort of pan up. But um, yeah, I got to know Derek, and Derek invited me to, to to come to have you know just visit Wariri. I mean, in the in the sheep world, everyone knows everyone. You know, you know the studs, you know the names. Maybe you haven't actually met the person in in person there, you know there, but you know the name, you know the people. Um, so, so we all knew that Wariri and, and Derek, uh, but actually meeting, meeting up and going there to the farm and just spending a day there with him, I felt quite special. And like I said, this guy, he's so busy. I mean, he's involved in a ton of things. Who am I? And this is typical South American way to, to, to approach things. We always feel uh, inferior um, and that's something that South Americans have in their blood, you know, anything that it's, you, you, there's a, a massive hierarchy. So as I don't know if this is the word, proper word to say in English, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you always feel like below someone. And in my first years in New Zealand, I got to, you know, because I'm out of that world. Now you, you're out of that world. You start seeing how we feel. You know, why do we feel like? Why do we act like that? How do we feel like that? And coming to New Zealand, I, I one of the first things I, I noticed, and that that hierarchy is way less. I wouldn't say it doesn't exist, but it's way less visible. You know, way less emphasized. Um, you know, you go to the farm nine nine out of ten times, you don't know who is the owner, who is the shepherd. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's wearing the same clothes. Everybody's saying the same words. Everybody's sitting around the same table. You know, and um, yeah, so. And covered in shit, you know, and everything, and it's just, uh, it's just amazing. I couldn't believe, and for me, that was um, 
a big shock at the start. Um, so, um, so yeah, so I thought this guy, this man is so busy. He invited me to come, you know, spend, it was a Saturday, spend, you know, a good chunk of his Saturday. He could be doing a thousand other things. So I felt quite special. Um, even though he does this to everyone, you see, Derek, if you listen to this, <laughs> I know <laughs> you do this to everyone because you treat, that's how you treat people. And no, he, he's, he's so, he's just so welcoming you know, and he loves doing that. So, um, I felt quite special. And then after that, um, Paul and I talked and, and we said, oh, you know, maybe you can move down and, you know, stop us, stop with the whole traveling and stuff. And then, um, and then I start working for, for Wariri, um, for Derek. In it, yeah, and stay there for about four and a half years. Uh, so I, I haven't had many roles while in New Zealand. So it's been thirteen years, and I've just been loyal to say <laughs> I'll be too long uh, on the same place because you kind of like um. I felt like I, I started way after uh, the, um, the young people here. You know, they start out at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. You know, they got a lot of time. I felt like I didn't have that much time to jump around, if you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jump around and experience as much as I could because I said I can go home anytime. You know, if I don't get a, a, a proper visa or residency, I can I can just go home um, anytime. And I didn't want that. And uh, so, yeah, and, and then you like the place you work, you know, not not massive ambitions or anything like that. You just enjoy. And that's pretty much me. I just enjoy it. Every, every place and then worked for Derek for four and a half years and then um, ended up um, having this massive chance. It was amazing uh, the timing um, when Taratahi went into liquidation. Paul was Paul had the contact network through through the through the organization and then one of the farms that Taratahi leased, then they had to stop the lease and that's when we kind of talked to one another and said, oh, shall we? take this challenge shall we jump on and and take this lease and and then it was a process you know talking to the lessos and, and everything but and then we we got it so so now it's been three years that we've been running as paul say says being the captain of your own ship so yeah. Yeah. he he says that quite a lot and um and it's amazing feeling so if i ever would have dreamed that would be where i would be today People, people ask me, is that your dream? Have you always dreamed about this? You know, being on the top of a hill, whistling to your dogs, speaking another language, you know, beautiful. I like a movie, you know, just like a movie. Have you ever dreamed about that? And then me sitting in my mum's old pub, you know, having to do with drunk people, you know, and cleaning toilets, you know, back then, uh, uh, you know, and roasting chickens and that sort of stuff. And now where I am, and it's just like, Oh my God! This is insane. Uh, no, this is insane. So it's, pretty, it's a pretty cool story. Yeah. Every t- uh, um, it's only <laughs> only took five hundred emails. So it wasn't that. <laughs> it must have been. Yeah. It's uh yeah. I don't think I, I don't think we want to stand between you and a goal. I imagine by, by how hard you work. So. <laughs> the um obviously it's a uh, yeah cool to to get your lease, but also buying your own um, Romney starter is probably a the recent chapter, which is a. A new journey as well, and starting to breed rams. Yeah, that's another. See, things that just keep going. eh? it's just when you think you settle down, and oh yeah, and it's cool now. Let's just uh, just breathe, and you know, and take a step at a time. Then something else um, 
something else happens. And this is, again, this is the opportunity and the timing and um, the network and that sort of stuff. So we've got the chance to purchase um, one of the ARDG flocks, so the uh, Advanced Romney Designing uh, Group, um, uh, th- you know, the former Auckland Romney Development Group. And um, this is a flock that has been s- selected for tolerance to fissure eczema. And it's like over 50 years of selection. So in light of the current situation in the industry, we felt like we need to start infusing some genetics uh, towards health traits. So, you know, worm resistance, fissure eczema that will come to us. It's already nearby and we know that it's going to hit us uh, sooner rather than later. So we thought, you know, we we should be actually sourcing these these genetics, um, and then end up uh, actually having. And, and I tell you, it wasn't my idea; it's Paul's idea. When you think one is crazy enough, then the other one come, yeah, <laughs> and paired it up. So, uh, so I mentioned to Paul said, oh, uh, Ross is selling his flock. Um, Ross and Julie, uh, they are retiring, selling his flock. I mean. Um, do you know? Because he's at the he's the chairman of the Pharma Council, National Pharma Council. You know all these people. You know you um, you could um, yeah, ask them, and he goes, "Oh, I know, I know. Someone could be interested." Said, oh, really? Who is this person? He said, "Us." <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? Do you know what it takes <laughs> to, to breed <laughs> stud sheep? And I can tell you, <laughs> it is a a lot of work, and it, it, it kind of like um took it really nicely I think because we do quite a bit of work here on the farm like we we are one of the where the actually North Island um, central progeny test for BFLM genetics we run the central progeny test use here on the North Island hub and um, and the sheep we purchased and when we move over and we took over the lease the sheep we 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 bought uh, they all they all had EID tags electronic cut you know ID tags and they've been uh, a lot of data has been collected on them in the past through the Taratahi breeding program. You know, they, they were already doing quite a bit of work. So Paul was used to collecting data. You know, he might not be used to analyzing the data or doing something with their data, but he was quite used to these other things we collect and, and using that more towards management. So so what makes management easier? Or oh, if I only knew, you know, this, this, and this, then I could start actually improving um, production through management, through actually individual uh, f- following in animals individually instead of mob averages, you know, things like that. So he was kind of used to that. And uh, and so you're good with people as well. You know, it's rain breeding, it's, it's, it's all a big package, isn't it? So you, you, you got to be good with people, you got to know your thing and the passion about it and whatever you're breeding. And, and also, you know, just thinking ahead, having a bit of vision, you know, where, where we're heading. Because that's pretty much future. We, we, everything we do now is actually for five, ten years down the track. So, yeah. what uh, what we breed today has been set up five years ago. You know, five, ten years ago. And I keep reminding breeders: whatever you do now, it's already past. You know, you what you're doing that is for five, ten years down the track. Yeah. These sheep you have here is what you set to do five, ten years ago. So, um, you know, and it's the sort of constant thinking. And, and just getting around that. But, we, you know, everything was quite a smooth. The, the 
sort of shift to the rain breeding. It's a small flock. We've been when we start with the with the farm, I said it would be good to have uh, something different because it'd be dead boring, you know, just commercial farming. I mean, obviously, it's it's a lot of work. Farming is a lot of work. But for me, who has come from, you know, start breeding, a lot of recording and data mining and now and now then we just go commercial farming with, you know, blah, 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 boring. Uh, you know, I was like, I got to get something. Come on, you got to give me something. <laughs> I can't just do, you know, jump on a bike and chase sheep and drench, you know, and be up the race drenching or dagging. This is dead boring. You see, so um, <laughs> so that was that was quite cool that uh, we got to. We got to have little, you know, little plans and programs and stuff, and then got to start and doing our own thing now, um, which kind of gives me some some good background when when I'm out there talking to breeders, or through my other role and you know, my other job through Zoetas, you got skin in the game, Mark. So you're always coming from a practical sort of side of things, what and you know what actually works and what is theory, yeah. and what people are prepared to give up or or to to do. So, so it's quite a, yes, yeah, quite an exercise and ha- has helped me quite a bit on with the other side of, of, of these, of these roles I have. So, um, yeah. So we should, we, we should talk about that role. So you're the, something or other with Zetas. So you're involved with Zoeta Genetics, Zoeta Genetics, which is obviously DNA parentage and, and genotyping generally. Yes. Um, is that yep. North Island or what's that role? Is that? All right, really quick. If you're a solopreneur consultant or agency owner who wants to grow a profitable service business with less overwhelm, then check out the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. My guest and I pull back the curtains on the reality of growing and running a multiple six or seven figure service business and how to have an agency business model that supports the life and lifestyle that you want. On the podcast, we answer questions like what's worked and what didn't work to grow a seven figure service business. How do you build a team to deliver without things falling through the cracks? What systems and processes help you go with ease and more? Get the strategies from solopreneurs turned agency owners. Click the link in the show notes to follow the podcast today. Uh, so I'm the North Island area manager, yeah. uh, but the technical lead uh, on the sheep side. So that's cool. across the country and even like uh, over in um, UK. So I deal with the breeders that test with the winners in the UK. Um, uh, so in the States or Canada, we never, you know, wherever we get, um, um, breeders uh, testing with us, I'll be sort of uh, leading that, but also, you know, being the, um, and being in contact with industry partners. So anything, you know, being beside and working along with, uh, beef and lamb and all the other industry partners, um, uh, involved in the, in, the, in the industry, you know, in the sheep industry here in New Zealand. So that's what I do. So I look after mainly the North Island, so that's anyone who's doing, who's using DNA technology, um, either for parentage or maybe genomics, either or, or both. And yeah, I just help them, help them achieve their goals. And and they come, they, they most of the time they come, they come with you. Like I, I don't actually have to go chasing people because people ask me, oh, this is a sales role. You go chasing people and trying to sell them stuff. It's actually totally the opposite. You kind of get people coming to you and. Um, and usually are the ones that um, have seen something or, or have heard something or they or you know, their peers are doing something different and they want to try themselves or maybe they just want a, a different opinion 
or maybe they just saw me on country calendar and think, oh, yeah, she's crazy enough. I'll bring her over here and see what she reckons. <laughs> Something like that, you yeah. see? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. But it's, um, it's a good mesh of jobs, having the yeah, the practical and the far, and the start and the farm and the and the genetics business. It's um, It'll keep you very much entertained. I wanted to move on to, to the marathon. So, obviously, there's oh. still some ties back to, to Brazil, and I think it's pretty – like your social mo- social media profile in in South America is pretty huge amongst the sheep farmers, and and I guess um, yeah, just talk us through sort of how that's evolved and and what you'd go back to Brazil and do basically. Right. So um, so that was pretty out of the blue uh, when um, when Facebook created that function of going live. I don't know if you remember, but. Before that was only celebrities and these people with massive accounts and a million of followers. They could go live. They could just press the button, go live, or just pretty much talk to to the audience in, in, in real time. So so it's not through a video, record a video, something like that. So when Facebook um, made that function available across all accounts, mainly, you know, us normal people had access to a button going live and showing whatever we want to show it. So when that came on, um, I was at Wariri and um, uh, we had a Wi-Fi connection in the yards. And this is very unusual, right? Because you never have Wi-Fi connection in the yards. But this, but you know, Wariri is massive. You know, we're doing quite a bit of work. And, and so we had really good Wi-Fi connection in the yards. And I found quite entertaining to just go online live at the time things were happening so we will be scanning we'll be drafting based on index we'll be just going through anything in the yards with with the sheep and i would just pull myself up myself out of that um the whole work and for for well the rest of the team didn't like much because you know i was lazy you know here's diana with her phone blah 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 doing nothing here we are doing the work i know that's how they felt but i said guys i gotta do this gotta do this you have no idea how amazing this is this is so cool so i'll just go with my phone and start recording and say hey guys this is brazil um i'm here today we're doing this and that blah 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 blah, and i'll show them and that's what we do blah 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 and then um and then that kind of like got out of control because People start sharing and, um, you know, and the views start growing to the point that I had millions of views in some of the, of the live uh, videos. Um, and I said, oh, shit, this is cool. This is cool. That's how I could contribute to my country, you know, where, where I came from. I could do something for my people even being here in New Zealand, you know, without having to be there. So I can do stuff from here and I can, I can show them stuff that we do and maybe this will, you know, motivate them, will make them change because the way the sheep industry in Brazil um, is at the moment is probably still in the embryo stages, like it's still like 50, 50 70 years ago. Um, um, it's where New Zealand was 50, 70 years ago. It's pretty much where we are there. And and it doesn't look like it's going to change at all. So it's the mindset is a, a massive anchor um, for the whole um, industry. So so I start showing that, and um, and people, oh, Danny, this is cool, this is cool. And I, and that, and out of the blue, I start getting invitations. Oh, Danny, can you come here and talk to my students? Can you come here and talk to this group of farmers? We have a discussion group here. Can you? And that was across, you know, from January to December type of of invitations. I'm like, guys, I don't have twelve months of 
annual leave. Uh, I can't just travel January, February, March, April. Uh, it, it's it's not going to be that easy. So, but what I can do is just take a few weeks, um, you know, three four weeks off. And then I go to Brazil and just blah, just do everything. But so are you happy to move the dates to this particular month? Oh, yeah, 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 we can do that, we can do that. So and so 2016, the first time I did that, so change it and put it a few together. Um, and that back then I think it was 21 or 22 presentations in um, three and a half weeks. So just flew back to Brazil, paid my own tickets, and just, okay, guys, here I am. Let's talk about sheep. And, and the funny thing is I didn't have to prepare anything, Mark, because it's just talk about what I was doing on a day-to-day stuff. You know, it's just like this is what I do, guys, every day. So I didn't have to prepare anything. I didn't have to put anything together. You just talk. You know, you just say things. I had the ton of photos and videos to illustrate what I was saying um, to the point that was like um, people were just looking at me with their this faces like how does this possible I mean I, I it can't be possible you can't you know you can't have a hundred and forty percent winning you know winning uh, percentage you can't uh, because in Brazil we ha- you have 50 you know 50 60 and that's the normal there yeah. 140 is like a lie it's lie it's not not true you know and and then you talk over things nutrition body condition score really basic right fashion management Dry matter, energy, right? Metabolizement, just really basic stuff, like you know, everyday stuff that farmers do on a daily basis. That Brazilians were like, "Oh my God, this is amazing! Wow, wow!" You know, so I felt like Jesus, this is going to be cool because I'm just going to bombard them with stuff that we do. You know, it's going to be crazy. So, so one one lead, one presentation led to another. Then it was conference seminars, uh, workshops, field days, all sorts of things, to the point that I um, uh, that that was an, another interesting thing. So we had um, I had NZTE, so New Zealand Trade and Enterprise, uh, approaching me and said, "Oh, you know, wow, I've just heard it. You know, you come here and you're doing this. I just want to hear more about it." And I explained what I was doing. Oh, do you charge? I said, no, I don't charge. And he, what? You don't charge? No, no, I don't charge. This is just my holiday. No, this is just woo, fun. Um, obviously, I don't pay anything. People pay for me to come because I, I can't spend any money, but I don't charge anything. Um, oh, wow. No, we, we, we want to help you, want to help you, want to help you. So we're going to do this and that. So we'll pay your air tickets, um, return air tickets to, to Brazil, and um, and we're just going to jack you up with all these things. And then we're going to take you to the TV, to the rural channel. TV, where you're going to be talking to these papers here and news media, blah, 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 blah. Suddenly, you know, I just like, I was on TV, you know, just on TV in Brazil, like, oh my God, what's going on here? And, <laughs> and that was really cool. It was so cool. So cool. And again, I didn't have to do anything. It's just talking about what you do on a daily basis. Uh, what motivates you? Also, I was telling because they was going. They were saying, "Oh, then is that a breed? Tell me, is the breed must be the breed, right? Shall we bring to Brazil these sheep that the Kiwis that the New Zealanders farm? So if we bring that sheep to Brazil, we're going to be like them. Is that right? Is that what we need to do? Uh, or maybe it's this 
funny thing you have, this XR5000, what is it? You know, it must be this thing. If we buy that, we're going we're gonna to be, you know, just like the New Zealanders, you know, is that what, is that what we have to do? You know, is, is anything, again, the secret, you know, the whole secret, what is the secret? Tell us, tell us. Um, and I said, guys, it's, it's nothing to do with things, breeds, the breed or, 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 or the, the, the the stuff we use on the farm, the fences and stuff, this is just a consequence of the mindset, right? So the difference, the point of difference is actually the Kiwi, the person, the farmer. He is the point of difference. You bring Kiwi farmers to Brazil, they make more money in Brazil than we do in our own country. What do you think this is the case? Why do you think this is the case? And there are a couple of examples I could use. They're in the dairy farm, the dairy sector there in Brazil. They are Kiwi farmers. They went to Brazil and are making twice, three times more money that where they're, you know, where they're making here in New Zealand. Just because our conditions are so much more um, um, nicer, you know, so to, to produce, to grow grass, to, to produce high-quality meat, um, much easier, I would say. They just come here and say, gosh, this is paradise. You know, you guys, you guys just losing money. You just, come on, you know. <laughs> Come on. So, so there's, there's the proof, you know, uh, to the point that if you look through across, you know, the, the dairy industry, New Zealand is a reference. When it comes to pasture-based systems, you know, dairy industry, sheep industry, now deer, right, pioneers in the deer domestication and even, you know, genetic improvement of deer. You know, we have uh, breeding values for deer, uh, you know, in New Zealand. I tell this to people in Brazil, so it doesn't matter. Kiwis could be farming, you know, snakes. They could be farming um, you know, flies, whatever they choose, whatever they choose, they're going to get, you know, they're going to be good at it. And that's, that's how the people are there, you know. They just get the stuff done, you know, and they go for it and, and they're resilient. Remember, there's a little island, you know, New Zealand's 32 times smaller than Brazil, right? They can't run <laughs> somewhere else and, and try, you know, they just don't have the room. And... um yeah, it, it is. It is such an amazing uh, country for the size of it and the history. And um, and I keep reminding the farmers in Brazil, this is the case, you know. So and and when I took a group of Kiwi farmers over to Brazil, you know, and and they realized the how large the country, the scale, and um and how poor our practices uh, were, uh, even though we are, you know, one of the top three, five in in countries in the world for agriculture um there's still if we only if we improve 10 15 percent of what we do we might even take over you know just no one could beat the country just because you've got area extinction good weather area um and um even the poor the poor producer you know the poor the the, the low productivity sort of farm they do well yeah. You understand what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 because everything else is so good. Yeah. Even the, the low key guy, you know, uh, <laughs> even the one doing bugger all, he gets, <laughs> he gets, he gets, um, uh, some, some okay results. So imagine if they, they decided to do really well and, and really make it, you know, take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So that's then ballooned. You've done race, like you've done several marathons, been back, and obviously COVID stopped you the last few years, but. But you've done a few yes. of those trips. I was going back every year. Um, and again, I was so lucky that Derek would allow me to do that. So he was um, happy for me to go um, and spend uh, the time I wanted to spend there. People say, oh, you go back. You can see your family. I was actually spending a couple of days with my family. That's enough. 
um, it gets pretty, it's pretty intense. Uh, so just buggering off pretty, <laughs> uh, visiting, visit, you know, just going to the rest. So I did that first in 2016. Then my daughter was born in 2017. So I ha- I couldn't go in 2017. She was born, um, in June and I just couldn't travel, uh, in that year. And then I went back in 2018, like really you know, when you're dying for something, come on, let's go, let's do this, yes! Um, and that was 2018, and then 2019, and then I was going to go into 2020, and then COVID hit, uh, and then couldn't couldn't go 2020, 2021. This year, I decided not to go because I just, you know, I couldn't quite prepare, but I'm already getting everything lined up, so I already have 14 presentations for May next year, so that'll be... That'll be my return after three years a gap. Um, but but that didn't mean that I, I lost touch with people because with social media, we carried on. So I'm um, still showing, still doing live videos, still showing people what we do here. This time, being on this side of the gate instead of, you know, being a, a employee, staff, now, you know, I show them all the bills. You know, these are these are my bills, guys. Look at this, right? This Look, this is what we pay, right? Here. And this is, this, these are the figures. You know, see? Oh, I talk about fertilizer course. Here it is. Look, that's right here. Uh, whatever, you know. So it was just showing them the really, the raw, you know, behind the whole thing. So just being on this side of, of the gate has is, is, is been quite good too. Yeah, awesome. Suddenly you go from, oh, yeah, she's just saying because she doesn't have to pay the bills to now, oh, actually, we do pay the bills. And, and this is what we, we are facing at the moment. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll be all good for next year, Mark. Yeah, and then no. maybe I'll take you with me. Huh? You want to come? <laughs> yeah, done. Uh, yeah, it's cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My boss might not give me the time off, but we'll see how we go. Bring the boss. Bring the boss. Yeah, no, that's true. That'd, that'd be, <laughs> yeah, she'd love it. The, um, no, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's, amaz- it's, it's just a magic story, I reckon, going from coming to this country with with nothing but a, some attitude and and really developing a career and yeah cool what you and Paul have started to build and um yeah it's going to be certainly one to watch and yeah look forward to to seeing what happens over the next few years but um we better wrap it up there before we go <laughs> before we start making marathon uh, a marathon uh podcast but it's been an awesome podcast. chat I've, yeah loved your story and I'm looking forward to getting up to see you and Paul in the next uh, next month or so hopefully which is going to be a bit of fun Oh God, we can't wait. We can't. I was talking about that yesterday with him actually, because uh, the dates we're putting the dates out and um, confirming the dates with you. And I said, Paul, can you believe this? Can you believe that Mark's coming to our place? Can you believe in that? <laughs> <laughs> pretty special. Come on, that's pretty special. So we feel quite quite fortunate actually. Um, yeah, too. And again, New Zealand, eh? New Zealand, everyone is so connected and, and everyone is so accessible. You know, you can, you can reach, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, reach so. people. You can, it's just so much easier than, than in my country where you got to go through a whole lot of, um, uh, formalities and, you know, bullshit and stuff, um, to even start sort of trying to, even if you want to do something different. And you know, it's just, it just, there's a lot of, um, setbacks and problems like that. But here, I felt like from day one how even if you want to talk to somebody at Messi, you know, Paul Kenyon, those guys are so reachable. You can just go there, knock on the door, hey, have a chat. You know, it's just I couldn't believe yeah. that was possible. And it was just really everybody so accessible, so close, and they're generally interested yeah. in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and want to help. So 
awesome stuff. Yeah, cool. Right, looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, all the all the best. Say good day to Paul, and um, we shall we shall <laughs> we'll see do. you soon. But thanks heaps for coming along. It's been it's been a great chat. Nah, thank you. Thanks for inviting me again. Feel very honoured. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Veg Shepherd podcast. If you enjoy listening in each week, please take a moment to subscribe or even give us a review. That would be fantastic. And if you do get a moment to share it with your networks, we'd also love that so that we can share these great stories with more people. Thanks again to our friends at Allflex for sponsoring this episode. Allflex are wonderful supporters of the Australian and New Zealand livestock industries. Combined now with MSD Animal Health, they offer one of New Zealand and Australia's largest livestock product portfolios focus on animal health and management, all backed up by that exceptional service. We really do enjoy our long-term association with Orflex and thank them very much for, for again supporting us with bringing this podcast to you.